Welcome to the Cornerstone Vineyard Weekly Message Podcast. We are enthusiastic about all ages pursuing, experiencing, and having an authentic relationship with Jesus, others, and our community. Join us as we open God's Word and seek His direction in our lives. To get us started today, as you know, I tend to open up with a, a thought or uh, an idea, something like that. And so uh, today I'm going to actually start by showing you a video, okay? And I want to kind of describe what you're going to see. Uh, it's going to be a very short clip, but this short clip, you're going to see a music video from back in my childhood, all right? Now, some of you are going, yeah, Matt, that doesn't mean much because you're a lot younger than me, all right? But this was from 1995, all right? And uh, I was just 15 years old in 1995. And this was a song that it was a Grammy Award winner. I played it constantly, and it'll give us our jump start for today's conversation. So take a look at this uh, music video. I wish I was a little bit taller. I wish I was a baller. I wish I had a girl with a good, I would call her. I wish I had a rabbit in a hat with a bat. Okay, now so we're gonna watch it again. Just watch it one more time. I wish I was a little bit taller. I wish I was a baller. I wish I had a girl with a good. I would call her. I wish I had a rabbit in a hat with a bat and six Okay, now, now those of you in the room, how many of you have ever heard that song? Raise your hand. How many of you teenagers in the room going, "What in the world was that?" Right? Yeah. See, they don't make music like that anymore, right? All right, so if you don't know, that song is called I Wish by a guy named Skilo, right? And it came out in 1995 when I was just 15 years old, and I loved that song back then. I absolutely loved it. I uh, actually still love it now. Uh, my wife and I, we've been really like uh, on, on shuffle putting uh, like an old 90s mix in our ears, like when we're like doing yard work and stuff. Man, the 90s, man, I just want to go back, baby. I think this is good. All right, but I was reminded, this does actually have a point, right? Uh, I was reminded of that song this week because did you hear, and, and it was, I know it might have been hard to hear a little bit, but did you hear how many times that Skilo used the phrase in the chorus of that song, I wish or I wish I had? Did you notice that? Look at the lyrics. It says, I wish I was a little bit taller. I wish I was a baller. I wish I had a girl who looked good. I would call her. I know this is a rap music. I know I get it, All right? I wish I had a rabbit and a hat with a bat and a 6'4 and Paul. Okay, so now that... That's, that clip was literally 10 seconds long. And four times in 10 seconds, four times in 10 seconds, he talks about uh, things that he wishes were different about him, that were different in his life, things he wishes he had that he didn't have. And I'm just gonna dive right in this morning. Can I just be really honest with you folks? Living like that, wishing for things to be different, okay, obviously other than what should be different, right? Like uh, we just prayed about just a minute ago in dealing with the racial injustice. Those things should be different in our world, right? Other than those kinds of things though, wishing we were different, wishing things were different, to be like others, to have what others have. Can I just be straight with you this morning and say that's a pretty miserable way to live? That's what we're gonna talk about today. Some of you excited about that now, yeah. right? And, and just to label that word this morning, all right, that word is a word called envy. It's a word called envy, a word that I'm sure we've all heard. We've, we we um, uh, probably know that word, but it can often be one that uh, is an overlooked issue in yours and my life. Maybe even, um, it might even be labeled common, if you will, but can bring significant abnormal adversity in our lives. Take a look at a couple of verses. Proverbs 14.30 says, a heart at peace gives life to the body, but look at this, but envy rots the bones. 
That doesn't sound good. And beyond that, envy is actually something that we are commanded to, or commanded to avoid, right? Uh, in Exodus 20, 17, it says, you shall not covet. That basically means be envious, greatly desire, right? You shall not cover your neighbor's house. You shall not cover your neighbor's wife or his male or female servant, his ox or donkey or anything that belongs to your neighbor. And to be honest with you this morning, as I saw um, Stacy Nelson driving in with her Jeep Rubicon, I was a little envious this morning. See, but this is that, that, that verse right there is in the, is in the Ten Commandments, right? It, it talks about the severity of the negativity that envy can bring into something I think that we ought to pay attention to, but easy as the Jeep Rubicon rolls by to just dive into it. 1 Peter 2, 1 and 2 says, therefore, here it is, get rid, of, get rid yourselves of all malice, of all deceit, hypocrisy, and envy, right? It's on the list. And slander in every kind of every kind. Like newborn babies crave pure spiritual milk so that by it you may grow up in your salvation. I really like that particular verse when our, with our topic today. because uh, So it says, yes, okay, avoid envy. But I love the second part. It says, don't just go away from something. Go towards something. Go, go towards a level of growth and maturity when it comes to envy. Don't just avoid envy, but go into a place where you're growing in your level of, of um, envy and lessening that and lessening that in your life. I think it's something that we oftentimes need growth and I need growth and especially folks in the social media world that we're living in, right? Um, it is easy to deal with envy in social media world we're living in, right? Um, when we see uh, everyone's highlight reel on their feed, right? Which, by the way, if you don't know, uh, face, people's lives are not that happy all the time, right? It tends to be their highlight reel, Right? And so it's easy to deal with envy when we, uh, we see, you know, we see our friends, you know, yet again on another date night when you can't get away from your kids, right? Or uh, a friend who just bought a new house and you can't get pre-brewed for a loan. Or somebody posting the, the pictures of their, of their new furniture in their house and you're sitting on the uh, sleeper sofa you got from a relative 10 years ago. Or pictures of somebody's uh, new car when yours, like mine, your minivan is rusting out on the side. Yes, I'm a minivan dad, by the way, right? <laughs> or I thought about this last one, like, and this is probably one, personally, I'll just be really honest with you. This is the one I struggle with when you're like, you see vacation pics of somebody, and you're like, dude, are they going on another vacation? Didn't they just go on a vacation? These people ever work, right? I, th I think about that all the time. I'm probably just the only one though, right? See, often we can see that stuff and we can internalize those things. And when we internalize things, envy, what it does, it begins to grow in us. And I think it's, uh, this is something that we oftentimes can, uh, we need to face and we need to grow in and just pushing it back down, especially in where we're living in 2020. So I want you to hold that thought. We are in a series here. We've been over the last couple of weeks called Breakthrough, Avoiding What's Simply Permissible and Living Free. And, and uh, Man, there's a lot of things out in our world that's permissible, but it doesn't actually give us freedom. It actually it leaves us in bondage. And so over the last couple of weeks, we've been talking about uh, these ideas of the seven deadly sins, right? We're talking about six of the seven deadly sins. The first week we took, to look, took a look at wrath and anger, then greed. Last week we tackled laziness. And this week, as you probably are aware already, that we're gonna uh, talk about seeing breakthrough, living free from envy, okay? And to do so, we're gonna take a, Look at a chunk of scriptures from 1 Timothy chapter 6. Um, and we're going to look at that in just a minute. 
Just to give you a little bit of background, though, First uh, Timothy is Paul's first letter to his protege, Timothy, right? Um, and uh, he gives a lot of uh, insight and counsel to Timothy about things that he should be doing, uh, some things that he shouldn't be doing, and ultimately, I think it'll give us some really great counsel uh, in regards to level of envy in our life today. And so let's take a look at it. First Timothy 6, uh, starting in verse 6. It says, it says, but godliness with contentment is great gain. For we brought nothing into the world, and we can take nothing out of it. But if we have food and clothing, we will be content with that. Those who want to get rich fall into temptation and a trap, and into many foolish and harmful desires that plunge people into ruin and destruction. And skip to verse 11. But you, man of God, flee from all of this and pursue righteousness, godliness, faith, love, endurance, and gentleness. Fight the good fight of faith. Take hold of the eternal life to which you were called when you made your good confession in the presence of many witnesses. So the title of our message today is Envy, the Grass is Not Always Greener. And what we're going to dive into and dig deep into and explore today is the fact that the grass, folks, really is only greener where you water it. And it's why it's crucial and important for us to more focus on just our patch of grass. We just focus on our paths of grass. And so that's where we're headed today. But before we uh, dive in too deep, I want to pause and pray. So if you would pray with me, and then we'll dive in. So, Father, we're just grateful that we've been able to, uh, online and here in person today, just gather together and, and worship you, take communion together, remember the sacrifice of Jesus. But God, now as we dive into this text we pray, God, that you would make our hearts, our souls, our minds stick in. Supernatural things would stick to us, God. We would do better because of what you're going to do in the, in the midst of us this morning with envy than we did when we started this morning. God, that you would put something in us that we didn't have. God, if I stand here and talk for a while, uh, and it's just me, uh, this could be kind of a pointless morning, but if you just really do some great things among us, um, this might actually change our lives. So come change us, God, we pray. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. All right, we have two points today. If you want to take notes, you can write this down. Ready? Here's the first one. Focusing on our own patch of grass helps us, one, maximize the lesson of meaningless toil. Maximize the lesson of meaningless toil. Now, I know that that is like a lot to say, so I want to break that apart for you a little bit, okay, because you have probably no idea what that means, all right? Uh, when I was studying the text this week, I had this thought as soon as I read through the text the very first time is, is this. Do you know that sometimes we can spend so much of our time and our lives chasing after things that just don't matter? Do you know that? I know I can. And the text actually gives us some great insight to what really, truly does matter. It says in verse 7, it says, For we brought nothing into the world, and we can take nothing out of it. Folks, that right there is gold if we will catch it. If we brought nothing into the world and we can't take anything out of it, then why do we toil so much? Why do we wish for stuff, for what we want, for what others have, being like others? It's meaningless toil, amen? This can be interactive this morning, y'all. We're in person now, right? It's meaningless toil. And I, and I love the imagery in the midst of this, right? Because we, we came into the world literally, right, without a shirt on our back. We got into this world butt naked, every single one of us, right? I know, I, I just said, some people are going, did he just say butt naked in church, right? Every single one of us entered that way, didn't we? Right? 
We all came into the world that way. And guess what, folks? We're all going to leave that same way. We're not going to be able to have anything go with us. Everything that we bring into uh, our lives will be staying here. Why do we, why do we toil so much when we're going to end the way we began? I think that's an interesting thought. And actually, then I started, uh, my mind started wandering as I was working on the teaching this week. Um, this week, Leah and I, uh, we actually had the privilege of uh, keeping our nine-month-old nephew, James. There'll be a picture of James that'll come up on the screen. Oh, let me get out of the way here. <laughs> so, James, that's James. Gosh, that kid's cute, right? So uh, his mom is in, is in the National Guard and had to go for training. And so Lee and I were able to keep him for the week and those kind of things. And I started to think about James in the midst of this message because um, do you know what James was concerned about this week? Could I just be, he was pretty much concerned about nothing, right? Like as long as he had uh, some, a bottle and he had a dry diaper and he had some sleep, he was good to go, right? He didn't care about uh, having the right outfit on, you know, uh, what he was wearing. He didn't care about the car, what it looked like, the fact that there was rust on the side of the minivan, right? or the car seat he was in. He didn't care about the room that he was staying in, right? Like, it's Elijah's bedroom. It's not that great, right? He didn't, but he didn't care. <laughs> like, he just didn't care, right? Like, and I think, and so I started to think about, oh, God, I need more of what James has in my life as an almost 40-year-old adult. I need that. You need that. Folks, like we need to be only concerned about, like really, like, yeah, he wanted, he wanted food, right? He needed a, if you had a uh, diaper that was dirty, you'd want a new diaper too, right? But he, those are the only things that he was concerned about. It says in verse eight of our text, it says, but if, you, if we have food and clothing, we will be content with that. See, Paul tells Timothy here, albeit it's pretty quick here in the text, it's easy to miss, but he tells him a huge lesson here. Essentially, man, if you, if we, and, and you and I, we have our essentials, folks, we ought to be satisfied. We ought to be content. I don't know if about you, but I don't, I don't think I live that way enough. I, I'm, not, I'm not content enough. I need to be more content, especially when, uh, you know, the new Apple product comes out, right? Or every summer, I literally just said this to my wife yesterday, every summer when I walked by somebody's boat and was like, hey, that hitch doesn't have a lock on it, we could uh, hook our, no, I don't really, I don't really think that way. But, but I do get really, like, I, I love, I think I've mentioned this before, I love boating and I love being on the water. And every summer I'm like, oh, I want a boat. But they always say, right, the best day of a boat owner's life is the day you buy it and the day you sell it. Right? And, <laughs> so, but, but in those moments, you know, when the iPhone thing comes out or, or in the summer when the boat, you know what I need to remember? You know what I need to remember? Well, you know what you need to remember is that we have what we need. We have what we need. Back in the text, it says in verse six, it says, but godliness with contentment, and I love this, is great gain. Do you know why it's great gain? Do you know why it's not just gain, why it's great gain? It's because there will be freedom, folks, when we are content, when we are okay, um, just being okay, just having what we have, being who we are, and trusting God for the rest, there will be freedom that will come like most don't experience. 
That's why it's great gain. As I uh, was pondering that this week, I, uh, of being a person who is okay being okay with who I am and all that I've got and trusting God, I was actually thinking of somebody who, like, who do I know in my life personally that does this really, really well? And I started to think of my sister-in-law, Grace. There'll be a picture of Grace that'll come up on the screen. Yeah, that's Grace. That's Grace and Leah. They were just in Florida right before the pandemic hit and all that. And I was thinking about Grace um, because she literally is the person that I know personally that lives this out better than anyone else I know. Um, I honestly think that envy doesn't often compute for grace. If you don't, uh, if you know who, who, who Grace is, if you know her personally, you would totally agree. I asked a couple people this of the family this week. We were all together yesterday. And I was like, hey, don't you agree with them? Like, oh yeah, that, that's Grace. She doesn't care about what so many do. She doesn't care about uh, going to the mall and having the latest fashion trends. She uh, used to live in a long, uh, for a long time in a former monastery with a bunch of other people. Like, this is what she chose to do. Like, she just, I wouldn't choose to do that, but she, would cho- she chose to do that. Live in a monastery. So she doesn't care about the four-bedroom, two-and-a-half bath house like the typical American dream, right? She does, uh, this is crazy. She does a, a car share with a bunch of other people, which means she literally does not have her own car. Something that most of us would say, oh, that's essential. She doesn't have that. She only gets that when she needs it to go uh, here and there. She's currently, uh, this is actually what made me really think about it. She's currently taking some time off from a community ministry that she works for in Cincinnati, Ohio. And to do so, you know what Grace is doing? She's living and working on a farm in Ohio pretty minimalistically, minimalistically. And the farm has very limited amenities, which basically means there's no running water. How many of you want to take a vacation like that? And so when I started to think about grace, I was like, man, grace is fine being who she is with what she has, and she's trusting God to provide everything else. I can tell you something, I was inspired this week by that. When I thought about that in regards to envy, I was inspired by grace. And oftentimes, and Leah can, can, Leah can attest this, she's right over there. She, I, I will often say, man, I love your sister, but she's kind of a nut. <laughs> and I will say, I, I don't think I could do what Grace does. I don't think I could live the way that Grace lives. But, but I, I was challenged, I think, by the Holy Spirit this week to say, hey, Matt, you should live more like Grace does. Folks, I want to tell you, you should live more like Grace does. I think she often lives out the comment that Paul says in Philippians chapter four, it says, I have learned the secret of being content in any and every situation, whether well-fed or hungry, whether living in plenty or in want, I can do, we all know this part of the verse, I can do all this through him who gives me strength. But notice the precursor verses there says, being content, fed or hungry, living in plenty or in want. Who can use that kind of contentment more in their life? I know I could. I think it's what grace often does, and I think it's what God wants from us. And so that's the first point. Focusing on our patch of grass helps us maximize the lesson of meaningless toil. Second thing, if you want to write some notes, we kind of touched on this already, but focusing on our own patch of grass helps us minimize our mayhem. Minimize our mayhem. 
All right, so after Paul uh, tells Timothy uh, to learn the lesson of being content, he goes on to tell him why in verse 9. It says this, it says, those who want to get rich often tend to be uh, not content or envious, right? Those who want to get rich fall into a temptation and a trap and into many foolish and harmful desires that plunge people into ruin and destruction. So as I was studying this week, this text, I I noticed that there were some seriously, uh, significantly key words in there, words that give us several reasons, there are several reasons of why focusing on our patch of grass, right, where we are instead of uh, looking over the fence uh, is just fine because pressing into envy, well, it's just going to bring us trouble, all right? So let's take a look at them. I first noticed the word fall, right? Um, I'm sure that uh, you've all taken a fall. I've taken a fall, right? We've tripped, we've fallen. And, uh, and every time it hurts, right? You tend to, that you, get, you, get, you get up or whatever, but you don't pop up and go, oh man, that was really fun. Let me try that again, right? We don't want to try to fall, right? So not off to a good start right off the bat. Then I noticed the, the words into many, into many. So living this way, this deadly sin of envy won't just maybe here or there trip me up or trip you up. It will bring several areas of massive mayhem into our lives. That's significant. And then keep going. Then I noticed the word harmful, which seems pretty explanatory, right, by itself. But then in the original language is this word there that's on the screen there. And it it means, the first word is hurtful. It's weird that harmful means hurtful. But then the second word was injurious. And I was like, oh, so it's not just going to hurt. Envy, chasing after those thoughts and those desires, it's going to cause injury to us. And then a couple more, uh, last, uh, last couple is plunge into. And, and in, in the original language, it's this word uh, bythizo, which means to plunge into the deep to sink. And so basically I thought, well, that's, it's going to be hard to get out of. And hard to get out of what? The last ones are ruin and destruction. As you walk through those words, see, there are several reasons of, of why focusing just on our patch of grass instead of looking over the fence is just fine. Because see, those words, those words are not what I want for my life. Uh, As your pastor, that's not what I want for your life. And my guess is you would go, man, I don't want that for my life either. See, pressing into a life free from envy means pressing into a life free from mayhem. And I think we all want that. Actually uh, reminded me this week of this whole idea of mayhem. Reminded me of the story in uh, Genesis chapter 4, and you can look at it on your time, write a note if you want to check out this story, uh, explore it a little bit, but the story of Cain and Abel in Genesis chapter 4. And uh, it's two brothers, it's the kids of Adam and Eve, right? Um, again, check it out in your own time, but if you know the story, they both bring an offering to God, right? Um, and instead of just focusing on his own offering, right, Cain uh, focuses on his brother's offering, and in turn gets angry and ultimately kills his brother. I know, I just spoiled the whole story for you, right? But here's where I thought about this this week is the verses 11 and 12 of chapter four. It says, now you are under a curse. This is God talking to Cain. You are under a curse and driven from the ground, which opened its mouth to receive your brother's blood from your hand. When you work the ground, it will no longer yield its crops for you. You will be a restless wanderer on the earth. Ugh. That doesn't sound good. You see, if he would have just focused on his patch of grass, his offering, right, 
His brother would probably still be alive. They might be great pals, right? His, he was a farmer, by the way. His brother uh, uh, you know, kept uh, watch over the flocks and all that. He was the farmer. And so his, his farming business may have skyrocketed, right? But then what happens? He's under a curse and ultimately he's in this place where he ends up in massive mayhem. He will work the ground. It won't produce anything. And he ultimately is gonna be a restless wanderer the rest of his life. All because of what? Envy. Because of envy. I think we need to learn from Cain's mistake. So, to do that though, I think that we have to be intentional, right? We have to um, look at it, ponder it, talk about it, actually admit that it's a problem, like the Rubicon coming in. I don't want to keep bringing the Rubicon up because it's a thing. And so this week, as I, um, as I was, uh, I, my brain must have been this week, like, you, have you ever heard the saying that like, they say there's a word, there's a, there's a song for every situation? You ever heard that before, right? So my brain was on that. So I thought of another song at this point when I got to my message prep. Um, and it's actually a song called Problem by Ariana Grande. And, uh, and so I think there's this one part in this song that uh, we can apply this morning. So uh, I actually have a lyrical video for you. So take a li- look and listen at these lyrics. Let me get up there. there we gotta do what you gotta do. (laughs) So, I know I'm getting you in my brain this morning, right? So I'm sitting there working on the teaching, and I'm like, okay, I said, that one last problem without you. I got one last problem without you. And that was just going through my head, right? And so, this song is like referring to a relationship that's ended, but, but folks, when we, pat, when we focus on our patch of grass rather than looking over the fence, guess what? We have one less problem. I got one less problem without that. I think it's why we are, um, let's be upfront with you this morning, we are um, in this series trying to identify areas of our lives that are easy to get into, to walk into these deadly sins and call them out in our lives so that we can live that song, right? We can have one less problem. I'm hoping that over the last couple of weeks, as uh, I know I'm still uh, been praying about like the wrath and anger thing, and, and I, I hope some of you were affected by the, by the greed thing that my brother taught, about, taught on a couple weeks ago. And I know I uh, heard from several of you about the laziness message from last week. But folks, I hope that every one of these messages is the one less problem so that you and I can have less mayhem in our lives. Part of that in regards to envy is acknowledging our, our, our level of envy versus contentment. Truly looking at it, looking at ourselves in the mirror and asking where we truly are on that scale. Whether that's uh, financially, spiritually, physically, relationally, where are we? It's gonna be necessary if we wanna experience more freedom, breakthrough, or, 
or, or the reality is we can just be okay with it and be naive and, and live on necessary level, level of misery. I don't think anybody wants to go, yeah, look, let me grab on to misery. I think we got to keep going down the path. Uh, we should at least try to get better. I don't know about you, but I always want to be better today than I was yesterday, the next day, the day before. Just got to keep trying to get better. Just got to keep getting better. And I know part of that is for me in regards to our topic today is I got to stop looking over the fence and I just have to look at my patch of grass. So that's the second point. Focusing on our patch of grass helps us minimize our mayhem. I think there's some good things to consider in there today. Thanks for joining us this week. We pray that you are challenged and blessed by this message and that you find application for it in your life as God leads you through this week. For more information about us, please visit our website at cornerstonevineyard.church.